and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's a podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and an author brave the wild, wild west of the 80s movies that we love and love to hate, uh, looking back with our modern eyes to see uh, what we think of them now. And this is Silverado, a uh, movie selection from 1985. you didn't see when all of that wonderful music was playing is the parade of actors that are in this movie that it's just never ends. It's so star-studded, this movie. All right, so. It is so <clears throat> weird that you've never heard of it. You've got... S- Scott Glenn, uh-huh. Kevin Klein, yep. John Cleese, mm-hmm. Rosanna Arquette. There she is. Kevin Costner. He's there. Brian Dennehy. He's there, too. Danny Glover. He's in there. Jeff Goldblum. He pops mm-hmm. up. I know, and it, there's even like the small supporting cast, like Jeff Fahey, mm-hmm. Lynn Whitfield, mm-hmm. Linda Hunt. Yeah, just, it's it's literally a movie made of people you recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's oh that guy, oh that lady, here it is. And they're also damn charming. They are, and this is a very weird movie yeah. <laughs> very weird movie yeah it's it's so damn charming it's mm-hmm. you you get the sense like everyone especially the writer director lawrence kasdan is oh. just so freaking thrilled to be making a western yeah and i feel like that trailer shows the enthusiasm shows like how much fun each character is and the trailer also like this movie conveys no sense of what the story is <laughs> right like what oh, is- it sure does not um 
Yeah, there, there, and there's just so much happening. Yeah. So, of course, that's Nathan Blackwell talking. That is Hello. our resident, most excellent news movies podcast filmmaker. Uh, I am Chrissy Lenz, the comedian. Uh, and joining us is the person who chose this movie, Craig Michael Curtis. I adore this movie. Okay. I just I love this carefully. movie to pieces. I have never heard of this movie. Really? Never. And which is so surprising to me. Like, considering who's in it and considering who's in it considering that my um my dad loved westerns and fo- forced us to watch them constantly and loved kevin costner and all of this stuff so this was a first time watch for me wow i know what a treat right yeah um okay so here's the thing if okay. you boil it down this is the story Oh, I want to hear you describe the plot of this movie (laughs) in, like, a paragraph, please. Okay. This is the story of a town where the six guys who are the bosses of the town really just don't want anyone else to live there. They want it to be (laughs) the the six of them. And their cows. And their cows. The uh, lady who runs the bar. The two whores that they're okay with. And that's (laughs) it. Anybody else who tries to live in this town... They are going to get welcome. rid of you. They're not welcome if you try and like put up a little house and have a little store. No, get the hell out of here. We're going to burn it down and kill you. They love their cows more. <laughs> Kidnap <laughs> they, your children. And, and people stop by and you're like, nope, I'm gonna, either going to hang you or get rid of you. Uh, and, you know, that's just what it is. It's the town of Silverado. Population, the eight of us. And our favorite cows. And, and the and rest and of you can get the fuck out. <laughs> There are so many different characters and so many different subplots that it, it, it's worth noting that you are like an hour, 10 minutes before you even get to Silverado. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So in my notes, I wrote down, oh, these scenes are so great. The characters are so great. Uh, I'm 35 minutes in and I have no idea what the story is. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and then an hour in, it's or, like, oh, I think I know what the story is now. Or who the movie is about. Who is this movie about? Is it about you kevin klein is it about you other guy like it's it's an ensemble story and that's why and they all have their own backstories and subplots and subplots within subplots it's i like when the movie opens you have um scott and glenn's character emmett Mm -hmm. he's sleeping in a shed that is like literally out in the middle of nowhere and it's just like a shoebox made of wood. Yes, that's that's all it is. And it's he's, a great he's scene. Like, like it's he's a catching great a nap, opener. And suddenly he is ambushed by cowboys. Like I don't know how many. Like three or four cowboys have all just started shooting at the shed, and he's like blasting them through the the wooden planks. And you know he's doing like these ninja flips with his his rifle, and and you know distracting them by throwing his empty gun at a, a cast iron stove, and <laughs> he basically wipes them all out. And steps you, outside yeah. to the open vista and. The, the you know big rolling uh, opening credits and the you story never continues. See him. It's like why did that just happen? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about but it, it because but here's like, Kevin Klein, half naked, lying, waiting to die. You never see Scott Glenn do anything like that again in the rest of the movie. <laughs> he, is, he is a badass in the opening scene, and that has established him as a badass, and that's really the only time. But and everyone talks about him like he's like just like the. It, it, don't go well, after I, him. I or think you he are shows himself for. to be like he does a good, good stuff. capable yeah. and deadly. He, 
but like the the next time Grumpy he really man. comes out, he's like practicing for a fight, and then he gets like the he gets trampled by, by a horse. horse. That is the and stupidest th- part of this whole and, entire. And movie. the rest of the movie, he's like on fifty percent power because he just got kicked in the head by a horse. Mm-hmm. And so this is the the only time you really see him like full on, and you just kind of accept the rest of the movie when everyone says, "Don't go after Emmett," or, or "You twenty guys are all dead." Yeah, and uh, so they establish that before they have a single line of dialogue Mm -hmm. and uh just kind of you know now that that's in your head that guy's established it's a badass we really don't even need him to do anything the rest of the movie except kind of be there and occasionally say something well he takes kevin klein so he finds kevin klein uh and kevin klein is like he's like here are the things i care about my horse my hat my gun yeah (laughs) people took them all and i'm mad so he decides to just like hitch along uh, with Scott Glenn, Emmett, to a town where they're going Not gonna, Silverado. Not Silverado. They're going like, to... And here's what I love about, like, Westerns in general, that this movie seems to have just down to a science. And, like, this movie is a comedy and no one knows it. Oh, yeah. It is high-spirited. It is high-spirited. To high spirited. say the least. If you had... And you even have John Cleese and Kevin Klein in that there. That Fun. That was so fun that like oh oh you, you go into this town and you know before you even meet anyone else you see Brian Dennehy who is this, who is like who was born as a corrupt sheriff yep but he's not the corrupt sheriff of this <laughs> born town. as a corrupt sheriff the, the, the corrupt, Brian Dennehy the corrupt sheriff of this particular town is John freaking Cleese and uh, you you haven't even gone to the town where, where Brian Dennehy is the corrupt sheriff yet so in the meantime you have uh, basically. Danny Clover strolls into town and gets Wait, hassled. Wait, we're not again. Danny Clover, we're not there yet. Oh, sh- that's right. We're, that's like, like <laughs> the, eight plot points That's two later. movies away. Uh, but the, this movie is comedic. There are comedic lines. Mm-hmm. Hilariously, like, John Cleese has a great line where he's like, I believe my territory ends here today when yes. he gets shot in the hat. It's a funny movie and no one's playing it as a comedy. Um, but they do this awesome thing where it's like, oh, where are you going? Uh, a town that's over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that town. The town that's <laughs> over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's over there. It's I know that, that way. Town. I'm there to, going to meet a guy. Tell me about this guy. Maybe I know this guy. Uh, he's a young guy. Has a hat. Carries a gun. I know that I guy. Know exactly who you're I talking about. Know exactly about. that guy. He's over here. Let me take you over there. He's in prison. Oh my! My dad told me to just go towards those mountains and head through that notch. Which notch? Right there. I assume it's that one. That one right there. It's the vaguest stuff that yeah. only works if you live in a in a world where there are twelve people. And, and but that that's the thing because um, like at the very beginning of the movie you have Emmett who just fought off an army of cowboys uh-huh. and and then he meets Kevin Klein who is Peyton is his character's name mm-hmm. who's like lying in the desert in his long johns waiting to die. <laughs> And um, I love him. I just love the notion of what we were talking about a second ago. Because, like, yeah, Brian Denny, he is like, he is smiling at you, but you can tell yeah. there's something menacing behind it. I just love the idea. Is like you said, he was born a, a mean sheriff. Yeah, so just a like, congratulations. Sheriff. Here's your baby. It's a corrupt sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a corrupt sheriff. You know, you just hope it's healthy. Yeah. yeah. And then here we have our own little baby corrupt That's sheriff. That's all you're for. But, but yeah, like, uh, these two characters meet out in the desert, and, um, you know, Emmett gives Peyton some water. They are now best friends. 
besties. And they for just they're life. they're traveling. They're they're adventuring together now. And so it's they just go, like something you do in a role playing game. Like you just need to meet up. All right, you two are together now. Go to the tavern. The rest of your lives, you two are a duo now. And yeah. Anyone else who comes along, I will check the tavern for any news or adventures. Yes, yes. That's, that's exactly what happens yeah. because they just go from thing to thing. So they're like, I'm here to find a young guy. Oh, a young guy. Yeah, we've got him. It's Kevin Costner, and he is in prison. And they all talk about him as though he is a child. Is he supposed to be like sixteen? Well, he's a young Kevin Costner, so I guess we'll play him as, yeah, a kid. Like, you know, 21. Jon Snow in Game of Thrones is supposed to be 14 years old, and right. I just don't buy that in the show. <laughs> well, and every single person in this world is going to die before they're 30, so. Yeah, so there you go. If, if You're if, a grizzled old man at 22. Yeah, you're, you're Brian Dennehy at 30. So. so Kevin Costner is in jail, he says, for kissing a girl. And, like, I was really so confused by his character. I kept trying to figure out if this was a character who was supposed to be um, displaying cognitive disabilities, if you Like he was a little will. slow? <laughs> like he's a, a little fast. A little special, yeah. Because yeah. um, he's like hanging from the ceilings and climbing all around and acting like... He's very like, childlike. Yeah. But then he's also like extraordinarily deadly. And mm-hmm. what I figured out by the end of the movie is that this is just a character who loves life. He's yes. just a happy guy. Yeah. He's, he's happy-go-lucky. He's here for this. He's loving he's it. He's living the moment. He's got a fringe jacket on. He gets <laughs> to shoot people. Like, he's living his best life. Yes. So they break him out of jail. Oh, yeah. And this again, is where Danny Glover comes in. Again, the, before that, uh, Kevin Klein starts to repiece together all his stuff by finding uh-huh. people. Oh, that guy's got my horse. And then he has to, like... like uh, Which he smooches. I love that yeah, part where he's smooching his Glenn horse. gives him a dollar to go buy some clothes, and instead of buying clothes, he runs into a pawn shop and buys a gun, buys a really ratty old gun, mm-hmm. and he just kind of runs back out in his underwear and tries to load this really old gun that's falling apart, and the guy sees him start sh- chasing on his horse and shooting at him, and he's putting the gun together, and he gets a whole shot through the crotch at the underwear. Which is hilarious. That, and then he shoots the guy in one that shot. That moment and- is a naked gun level slapstick <laughs> moment where this, this guy on horseback is charging at him shooting. He is loading his gun. He gets shot in the crotch of his pajamas. Where it goes through and through, it does not actually hit anything. And And then he takes the guy down in one shot. Yeah, and just kind of like, there, I did it. I got my horse back. There's Yeah, there's so many moments. Like They play it so straight, though. The whole movie would be about a guy who is robbed blind and then goes back piecing together all the stuff, getting revenge on all the people and getting his stuff back. Mm -hmm. That happens like in the first 15 minutes of this movie. He does it again with his hat and his gun, and that gets him in jail with Kevin Costner. uh, But before that, Danny Glover comes around. Danny Glover. What were you going to say? So so Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote um, uh, Raiders Lost Ark, Mm -hmm. wrote Empire Strikes Back, Mm -hmm. you just felt like he spent all of that um, that he, he built up, all that that to make this movie it's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna make my freaking western there's gonna be a scene where the guy's stranded in the desert mm-hmm. there's gonna be a great uh, there's so many moments every that, western trope you can possibly yeah, that are, think of and his twist on it and they're so charming and so fun mm-hmm. and there's so many of those throughout the movie you just feel his enthusiasm mm-hmm. for the whole thing it just takes an hour and 18 minutes until you meet, like, who the bad guy is. There are oh my God, so, so many. And it's not even the bad guy, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, not. like, the guys who rob, who robbed Kevin Klein and took all the stuff and left him for dead, they're not even in the top five bad guys of this <laughs> no. movie. 
Because this town is like this whole movie is just full of people who are murderers who spit on the ground. Yeah. Um, but there's a line. So John Cleese, who is the sheriff who has captured uh, Kevin Costner, who is like hilarious, even mm. though no one is laughing. And, uh, you know, he says, Scott Glenn says at some point, they're going to hang Kevin Costner. He's like, well, at dawn, I guess you'll find out what happens when you make these choices. And the guy goes, 10 a.m. We don't. Don. We don't do Don. We do it at 10. Like, we're all going to sleep in. He's yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, then at 10 a.m. you'll find out. <laughs> and turns out yeah. he was speaking in so code he, to his brother. Yeah. He was telling his brother, at dawn, I'm springing. At dawn, get yourself out, and I am I am springing you. That, that was the code he was telling him because he heard 10 a.m. before. So, yeah. So this movie is so charming, but that's the downside is that there's just so many moments that are so wonderful and great, and they're not like moving in any direction towards mm-hmm. a story. That's true. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just like it is exactly like a movie version of, of uh, a role playing game. Because the next thing is they come upon a wagon train mm-hmm. that's been uh, waylaid by the guards they hired. So then they help these people and go. These pioneers, the, the like Oregon Trail pioneers, yeah. and they got all their gold stolen by these uh, guards who betrayed them. And they go back to their hideout in the box canyon. And so our hero is like, don't worry, we'll go get it for you. And then they go. And they do. And they do. And again, a whole movie could be about that. But this is just like a five-minute interlude. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just kind of have to see them on further adventures. And, and then you move on to the next thing. <laughs> and also Which you is... meet Rosanna Arquette, who I, I, I thought it was so great at the end. You just think, okay, well... Kevin Klein's kind of into her for a while and then realizes, oh, she's just about being a pioneer. And then Scott Glenn's kind of into her for a while. And uh, you think, okay, romance is back. But she doesn't end up with anyone at nope. the end. She looks like she's there to be a love interest. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, no, I'm, I'm just going to make I'm a farm here. I'm here to be a farmer. At, uh, thank you very much. At the it's end almost of the movie, as if. That's exactly what it is. She yeah. doesn't wind up with someone. She just kind of wow. does her thing. It's almost as if you could have cut her out of the entire movie and it would have been <laughs> fine. Um, okay, so they solve the problem of the, the um, wagon train. They take them to Silverado. Yes. Where and we're there. Lo and behold, that's where Brian Dennehy. He's the sheriff of that town. And he's like so excited to see Kevin Klein. And he's like, come hang out at my saloon. Because they have a past together where they used to like do notorious guys. things. Yeah. And they have both decided to put that behind them, but in different ways. And mm-hmm. Brian Dennehy. To go legit. Yeah. Brian Dennehy's character, Cobb, is going legit by basically being a corrupt sheriff, which he was born to be. It was. It was always there. Literally. Yes. And he also owns the saloon. Yeah. And so he sees this as a great deal going on, you know. And so he, so <clears throat> he's really the Darth Vader of this to where he's not really technically the he's boss. He's not the big boss. There's the a boss is The boss is the rancher landowner who we don't meet until one hour and 18 minutes in, who's forcing people off their land so he can have that more cows that's mccanderos and i cannot McKendrick. you and i McKendrick. because he, Anna Kendrick he is, is a caucasian bearded oh, man with his, a dark hat he looks exactly like all of his men and i could never pick him out yeah. when he was doing things except in close-ups he is, I didn't even, even though know he, is, he was a guy even yeah. though he's the big bad of the story and he has exactly backstory. like scott glenn went to jail he just got out of jail for killing that guy's father 
Again, what? and this is so... Don't it, worry it, about it, it's because stampede! Brushed, <laughs> it's brushed off so quickly. Uh-huh. The um, Not only the importance of this and like his power, and there's only one scene that he uses leverage against Brian Dennehy, which makes him like his boss. It's so, so brushed over, and then his death is so quickly done that it really has... N- it's okay that you don't remember it, because it it's not sense. important. His unnamed like, henchman with the eye patch had more personality. Yeah, eye patch. Yeah, who was I- from Romancing the Stone, who was the cowboy oh at the beginning. Oh, my God, you're right. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he's like the emperor, almost, like pulling the strings of the bad right. guy. Okay, yeah, none of that made it into my consciousness as I watched this Oh, movie. because it's so, it's so brushed over. So Kevin Klein in Silverado, so... They should have just made it John Cleese. Just have one town. We don't need to go to two towns. Um, they ha- so Kevin Costner and Scott Glenn are chilling with their sister and her family, who like had the misfortune to come live in Silverado. Yeah, and they are like they run the land office, which has to do with the pioneers and the cattle baron, and so they're kind of caught in the middle. Again, this is like a whole story element that they barely graze on you have to have watched the movie like 10 times before you catch every mm-hmm. little detail. but yeah they're running the land office so they're inadvertently stuck in the middle of all this mm-hmm. and um to the point where you know the the mother is the sister of emmett and jake and so they're going to see them on the way while they're going to california for whatever reason they're going to california and uh so they to they're the just whales. regular people or, you know, the dinosaurs. They're just regular people, and they just kind of get sucked into the middle of this when uh, the sheriff and his goons and the cattle baron and his goons uh, go after Emmett and Jake because they're kind of nosing in. Mm-hmm. And Danny Glover's here, too, because his father got chased off of his land by the cattle baron. And, and is living in a cave now. Living in a cave until he gets murdered. But his sister's the town whore. One of two. Yes. One of two approved whores. Yes, one of two town... Sex worker. Excuse me. Um, Jeff Goldblum shows up, and he is like a gambler. And, and he is so morally ambiguous in this, you're not entirely what sure what he side there? he's on. We don't on. need him. We don't there's, need him. There's get a scene, rid of it. There's a scene in I the saloon <laughs> where... I love There's you, Jeff Goldblum. Kevin Klein <laughs> and um, one of the sheriff's henchmen are in like this standoff where they have a history and they're like about to draw. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff Goldblum, all, uh, everyone in the, the saloon is like frozen, like what's going to happen next? Jeff Goldblum kind of uh, subtly positions himself so that he can reach for the dagger that he has sheathed in his ankle holster. Mm-hmm. And you're wondering... He just got here, and he's a gambler. That's all. He's not really connected with either of these teams, is he? And and you're like wondering if if he gets if there's a fight, whose side is he on? And it's never really made clear because the, the the standoff gets diffused, and then he kind of returns to normal. And he's just like a and generic sleazeball. Well, he's sleazy, but he's in a Jeff Goldblum charming way. So maybe he's a good guy because at one point it's like the sister, Danny Glover's sister, is trusts with him. him yeah. yeah, and trusts him to help out. But he betrays them. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, are we thinking, like, okay, he, I guess he's kind of a good guy then because he's friends, friends, quote, with, with... But nobody's a good guy. And, like, everything just sort of, like, and then this, and then this, and then this. So Kevin Klein like, takes a shine to the woman who runs the saloon. Mm-hmm. They kill the other guy who works for her, so now he works for her. Mm-hmm. And he's in charge of gambling, whatever that means. You never actually see him working. You're just kind of in the back drinking with Stella. And... 
so that's his leverage. Like Brian Dennehy understands that once Kevin Klein likes something, then you can use it against him. So he threatens the cute little lady who runs the bar. And so Kevin Klein's like, well, then I guess I won't go help. Then Kevin he decides, to, and it's like, I'm not joining you. And he says, you don't have to just stay out of it. And that's the extent of, that's all I want you to do is stay out of it. And it's like, well, okay. I do that by default. So, yeah. Well, and then, okay, so like in the meantime, yeah, Emmett, who, who is like this like dead crack shot or whatever, is like out in the woods shooting he knows there's a gonna be a fight. pear. And like the, the Shooting the thorns thing. off of a cactus so one at a time. And then he runs out of bullets and they're like, you're well, empty, you're mister. Of, you're out of bullets. You've spent your six. We just were over there. Yeah. <laughs> We heard you shooting the we gun. We were laughing. And we were like, no, no, no. Let's wait until he's out of bullets. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, then, that's exactly what happens. And they utterly defeat him. Like, he, he, they drag him behind a horse and kick him. And, like, they do everything yeah. except shoot him. Beat him to, to, they're about to shoot him. And then Danny Glover shows up just in the nick of time and mm-hmm. chases them off. And he stays an invalid until the moment where they, Danny Glover shows up. And they're like, well, they kidnapped your nephew. And he's and like, then it's, oh, it is, off. it is on. Instant he healing activated. And, yeah, exactly. He, he just like concussion you know, gone. Summons the the revenge buff. And then the nicest scene I think of the whole movie is when they're sitting in the saloon, Kevin Klein and the lady who runs the bar, and she's like, "Well, things only have to be this way if we let them be this way. Mm-hmm. Like that guy can't threaten me anymore if he's dead. So maybe kill him." And she says it not like in a go get him. It just sort of. Well, hypothetically, if he were threatening me, he couldn't do anything to me if he was dead. And it's just, it's it's know, it's a nice moment. The fact that they those two have chemistry, it's like an unlikely pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Hunt plays Stella, the saloon, the the woman who runs the saloon, mm-hmm. and not to be confused with Helen Hunt. Not to yeah. be confused. <laughs> uh, what are some things that we know her from? I've seen her in like a hundred things, but I'm spacing and I'll look it up. Resulting to IMDb. Oh, are you looking? I'm She's looking extremely too. short, and that that's played in into it as well. But it just seems like an unlikely pairing between those two. Uh, he is basically a cowboy adventurer, and she is a saloon keeper, and they just kind of hit it off right away, and they have this bond where he decides that he's going to protect her by going against his own moral code and helping out his other friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and then like, and so it just all sort of wraps up the good guys. Then, the yeah. But guys. then you have, you have a freaking stampede. You have a showdown at the end. High noon was nothing but a showdown and people talking before it. Right. And this has just, it, it, it has, the kitchen sink of all the Western tropes. That's everything Word. but a train robbery and a dinosaur attack. And I'm pretty sure that those things happen that just off screen. <laughs> They're in the extended footage. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, this, this movie is a Western wish list. And, it is. And like, is. and like 50% of the movie is like the, the, the music too. And it's just like blasting and it's like, you know, it's like. It's yeah. rollicking, chandelier swinging, adventurous. Sometimes Western it's music. it's it's even like 
exploding when they're just like walking across the street yes, and like the, picking something off of their the, boot and it's just like they're going to the drugstore and bigger bigger but it does seem like yeah like like Lawrence Kasdan was just like and they were like can we you, this is we like an never. eight hour movie he wrote, is there he wrote one like thing these, we can not I have, do I have ten westerns I want to do well you can do one I'm putting them together then. I'm putting it all in. Oh, well, let's have a part where they stand at opposite ends of the street and face off each other. At that yeah. point, I was like, wait. So it was about these two guys. Like, I kept being like, who is this movie yeah. about? It, it's got to be, the main character's got to be Kevin Klein because he's the only one who goes through, a, a, like, a main arc of development. Mm-hmm. He actually of develops changing. in the story because uh, I think well, you yeah. could say Jake, who's Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner, he grows up a little. He grows up a By little. By the end little, where he yeah. shoots two guys at the same time with his twin guns, um, before he's like, woo, yeah, all right, let's do this. And then at the end, he's just, uh, he shoots the two of them, and now he's stony-faced. Like, I've, I've become a man. I've become a man, and I, now this is how I've I lost speak. my love of life, and now I'm just a stone <laughs> Oh, <killer>. Texas. <laughs> and that's... That, <laughs> But, but yeah, no, so Kevin Klein is the one who has to go from gambler looking out for himself to kind of settling down and doing what's right. And in the end, the very last thing we see is that he has become the sheriff now of Silverado, and they yes. do this insanely slow push on him, like on the star. revealing the badge. Yeah. It's like, we all know what's under there. <laughs> well, it's, it's the dramatic moment. Ugh. You get to see the sheriff's star. I got it. I okay. got it right here. You want to see it? So here's here's my question, too, which is that, like, Everybody in these movies does like a floppy death. It's like, mm. oh, you get shot once, floppy death. Oh, ah, you got hit with it. Oh, yeah. So that, again, another, another Western, Western trope. Yeah. And, and there's like, there's uh, no, I won't spoil it, but there's someone who gets stabbed in the gut and then mm-hmm. just keels over and dies. It probably takes you like 15 minutes to die from a knife wound. Or 15 days. Yeah. yeah. I just like the idea that he just gives up. He's just uh, like, dead. But, I'm going to catch aww. up on some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, if you o- only were ever going to see one Western and you needed to fully understand you to see the all the Westerns. You needed to get all of the Westerns. This is the movie for you. This is the it, <laughs> cliff it, notes of all Westerns. It, it finishes with a plot twist that I love, too, because the very last line of the movie is Kevin Costner. They're, they're riding off to California, and Kevin Costner turns back to them and yells, we'll be back, implying a sequel. That will never happen. Yeah. Well, because it's going to take them a real long time to get to California, like at the rate they get places. Yeah. Well, see, they have to go to the next town and have another adventure. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's going to take a while and to get California. And meet 12 more people. Yes, and have a whole other movie. That's why you just assume that Kasdan probably thought, oh, this is, this is part one of a 10-part West, you know, Western mm-hmm. trilogy. And did he? I, did he have more Western ideas that it, were not? There aren't any more. He. he I, it no, seems like he used no them more all, Westerns. It'd have to be a gangster movie now. Again, <laughs> you know, train robbery, dinosaur attack. That was going to be Silverado too, <laughs> uh, but you know, it never, it never panned out. So you just have to accept that this eighteen plot point movie is all you're going to get from the. Kasdan Western genre. Well, and but I think he he like he checked all the boxes and made yeah. a good night. And he had a lot of boxes to check and yeah. he he wish fulfilled he through them. <laughs> and and I have to say the results are far better than than some other examples you could think of of like a someone who's been a really successful like writer 
and direct. Right. Like, now getting now a make blank your check. Movie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like a, a lot of times this it is doesn't a, turn out quite yeah. as fun. This, this is there's a podcast called Blank Check, and it's about mm-hmm. like it's like oh we've had success in this movie, and now I'm go- I've been given a blank check, and now I'm gonna do my freaking yeah. western, you know. And and I feel like this is a blank check movie, mm-hmm. just not knowing anything about how successful or powerful he was before that. But, right. But I think he had enough to get all these people enough involved clout to juice. do just this thing. Yeah. And Chrissy had never heard of the movie that was no. his dream. Yeah. The, the guy who made Raiders, uh, you know, he made this movie, blank check movie, and you saw it, you liked it, and then you forgot about it for 30 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, it's, and there's so much. There's just so much. Like, it's literally impossible to talk about every single thing. Like, I love how Kevin Klein is like, that's my hat. I can tell. Every hat here looks the same. That one's mine. But that like, one's mine. Every horse looks the same. That's my horse. That like, my that's horse. all I got. I, got my I horse, wrote got my hat. saddle underneath and my name wrote underneath my name. the saddle so you can ID it. And... That's all. And in the town where John Cleese is the sheriff, um, the there is a little shoe repair shop that you can see like when they're riding into and out of town and I'm like what is the story of the family that owns this shoe repair yeah, shop th- this town has 20 people in it but they all need their shoes constantly they all gotta wear <laughs> they all gotta wear shoes they're just <laughs> full of business shoes. they had to open up a second <laughs> shop uh-huh. that was like like on the other side of the street because there's so, only one street like a, a, a soft deep cut an undeep cut recommendation would okay. be um, uh, Grand Canyon have you seen yeah, that? Which is Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, right? Lawrence Kasdan again, but you, you again get Kevin Klein and you mm-hmm. get Danny Glover and so many stories. Yeah, and so many stories. But that—that's—that's. That's, I feel like a. Um, I feel like it. It definitely has more more of a theme and and more of a cohesive element to yeah. it. You know? Because the story of that is sort of like we're going to take all of these stories and right. bippity boppity boo them all together, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen movies that have lots of plot lines and lots of characters, and it usually just feels like 20 short stories compressed into a movie. Mm-hmm. And this one, I just felt like it was... Let's just be we cowboys, a, guys. There's a lot of yeah, shit going on here, folks. Let's just be cowboys. So what, so what, like, what makes this one of your favorites, then? Like, what, when you come back to it, what are you... Therefore, westerns are its own genre and have been since they started making movies. Mm-hmm. And it's it's always felt weird to me that western was such a prolific genre that that why aren't samurai movies its own genre in the same way that westerns are because it's a they are in Japan. Yeah, I mean, but well, or yeah, you make it, a samurai movie and turn it into a western. It, 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 you mm-hmm. could do that too, seven, and right? then you remake that movie. Yeah. Yes. And then remake that movie and so on. But was, I, I, there are so many Westerns in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. and into the 80s. And when I was growing up, it felt like they were more or less the same. If they, I mean, they had different plots and they had different things in them, but it was just, you know, I live in Arizona. It's hot, it's dry. And when there's no air conditioning, it's really uncomfortable. And if you're like out in the desert on a horse with no name, uh, it's it just it never appealed to me like it seemed to appeal to other people where they would become obsessed with the genre. This was the first and probably still the only Western that made me want to do it. If there was a, an actual Westworld, a, you yeah. know, uh, uh, I wouldn't really have a whole lot of interest in immersing myself in an we- old West except 
through Silverado because it just had that kitchen sink, um, you know, sort of the, the I guess the role-playing game aspect in, in my consciousness made me feel like that was a thing where there's just constantly stuff going on. And, well, yeah, I have to deal with the corrupt cattle baron, but I also have to deal with, you know, my good friend's prostitute sister being mad at him because he didn't come back until right before his father was killed. And also the saloon keeper just lost her partner, so my other friend's going to go do this. And then I need to practice for the showdown that's coming, so I'm going to go out and, you know, train up my stats and at the same time forget that guns need to be reloaded. And, and also my brother's a kind of a dum-dum. So. <laughs> and, you know, loose can. There's just so much going on that it felt to me like that made me want to be in a Western. It was the only Western that I ever mm-hmm. did. So in terms of, like, how this movie did in 1985, um, of course, the number one movie was Back to the Future. Second movie, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Third movie, Rocky IV. <laughs> and Rocky then uh, we slide all the way down to number 28 for Silverado. Uh, so above that, the movies that we've done, the re-release of E.T., beat it. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, beat it. The Breakfast Club, beat it. Uh, but it still did pretty well. Uh, and Oh, Jewel of the Nile is up there. Uh, it did pretty well, I would say, in terms of like 1985. So it seems weird right, to not me a flop. that it no, not a flop by any stretch. No. So I think it's weird that I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> if, like, it, if it had been a flop, you probably would have heard it. Could be, could be because there was so much, so many resources put in, so many actors were in it. If it had bombed, uh, it would probably be one of those infamous movies, like a cult classic almost. Yeah, yeah this is this is a great movie to catch on cable and to be surprised by. Yeah, because it's too good to be bad but it's also too weird to be tombstone right yeah. it, it 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 while it doesn't take itself too seriously it doesn't parody itself it just is it is what it is yeah it, and, it's a, i feel like it's a great kind of movie to like again catch on tv and it's like oh i'm halfway through this i'll enjoy this and sit and watch and, and it's not like it's like a good time movie yeah, yeah. it's like a casual good time movie so let me ask you this, Nathan, in terms of like it being a Western movie, do you feel right. like it represents the genre well or is it like kind of one step away? Uh, it's, it's again, it, it's just beaming with love for Westerns. But almost like but a the parody, pro- like it's almost like too, yeah. too winking at, not, and it's not winking at it. Right. It's just writing that line. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like if you love Westerns, you'll love this movie. So I think, I think so people too. who, yeah. Yeah, again, my problem is that you really <laughs> don't know what it's about uh-huh. until well over an hour. And even then, it's not really about that. Yeah, th- describe the plot of this movie co- coherently. It's about a town where only six people are allowed to live. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that's, that, and that's, our heroes disagree. That's like the third <laughs> act of this movie. Yeah, and that's, and, the and thing. that's I guess that's There's the so problem. That's on. the problem is that it's not really cohesive. In, in, cohesive. in other movies, that, in other movies where they tried to cram too much, like Justice League is one example of where they about like something. They that's, tried to put too much into too many plot points into a single movie. Other movies that have done that, 
have not worked. There's just like as a rule, it, it, you know, you that got doesn't work. You've this got like the, the whole thing about like rule. the forest versus the trees. Right. We never get to see what the forest is right. about. We don't this know what forest we're in. We trees. just go from one charming tree to another. So For do me, you think it's like, like this should have been a series? This should have been like a, a TV series, maybe, or, or it should have been like three Briscoe County Junior. We should have been in Silverado sooner than like an hour yeah. and. 18 minutes though. so maybe it was just like it shouldn't have just been one movie but he was like i'm not throwing away my shot i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. get it all in this you one got time. one shot put everything in again we're, we're we're definitely making a lot of assumptions right but yeah it, it feels okay. like that so so i like for me this was a hard movie to give any kind of score to in terms of like if it's you know one something to ten something which i don't even know what <laughs> metric to use for uh-huh. this like yeah. so just on like a scale of one bullet you shot at a prickly pear to ten bullets <laughs> you shot at a prickly pear um this is a hard movie to rate. It is because it's it's like if you watch it just in like five minute, eight minute chunks, it's like this is so charming. Mm-hmm. This is so charming. Mm-hmm. And then, but again, like you know, you finish the movie, it's like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so I would say, you know, and then this was definitely a movie that I had very fond mm-hmm. memories of, and then hadn't seen in twenty years. Or fifteen years, or seventeen point three years, you know. I, I, you know, my gut just from that experience of watching it would maybe make it like a six. Okay. So charming, but yet like too long, too long, or just not about an something. Okay. What about you, Craig? Well, like I said, um, I'm not a huge fan of westerns in general so when you say if you love westerns you'll love this you might like this movie may or may not like this movie whatever that's a uh, but I don't think, change what I said Craig well, <laughs> uh, the idea if you like westerns then give this movie a shot and you'll like this I would say if you don't get westerns and you want to try a western that maybe is not like other westerns try this movie because it's not like other westerns it's I, before mm. since. and yet it's like every other western it, it has all of the western in it but it's just not like other westerns it is and in terms of having way too much in it overstuffed with plot and characters and stuff it is the exception in my my mind it is the exception to the the rule where it's not going to work if there's too many things in it for me it works because it's just so overladen. So I give it a nine yeehaws or whatever. Wow. Uh, we were short, shooting at prickly. Pears, short, short of a 10 because of lack of dinosaur attack. Okay. But um, I, I, I honestly, I just, I love this movie to bits. And I did when I was younger and watching it again, I was just so happy watching it. Is this the only Western that, that you, you could say that you love? I think there are great westerns out there. Um, like the first one that pops in my mind is Unforgiven, which is a great western. But mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, it's it's one. Of They're those so movies. different. Yeah, the, the west this, really good westerns the, yeah. are a departure from this movie and, and vice versa. Um, even the ones that are fun are not as fun as this. This, this right. one is my favorite western. I think easily. Cool. Okay, so I'll like, I'm going to go like sort of right in between you guys and give it a seven because I think that it is a fun watch. I think that it does hold up in the way that all Westerns do because they're so in their genre. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a surprise if you haven't seen it before just to mm-hmm. like 
It's nonstop. Look at all these stars in it. And... Yeah. Um, so I think I do recommend it too. I think people should watch this movie if you haven't seen it or rewatch it if you have seen it. Like you're, you're going to have a nice time. Um, so in terms of like a deep cut recommendation, for me, it was obvious from the very beginning of this movie what I was going to recommend <laughs> because that music that you mentioned, Nathan, that like, bum, 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 it reminded me of exactly the moment on the Radiator Springs Racers ride at Disneyland <laughs> where you come around the corner and you see like the mountains, uh, you know, the Disney mountains that look like cars, but they're also made to look like the Monument Valley mm-hmm. because it, it might even be the same score. <laughs> wow. You hear that music and you just like hear it all throughout Cars Land and throughout that ride. I've only been on that ride once and I have to go on that ride again now because you mentioned that. Yeah. I And I think that the movie, that the Cars ride sort of had, borrows a lot from Silverado. I wow. don't know why, but it just like, it took, it put me in that place and I was like, yeah. Shame on you, Cars ride. <laughs> so my, that's my deep cut recommendation is, recommendation is the, is a, uh, Disney's California Adventure, Cars Land, Radiator Springs Racers. You got to get that max pass. Hop on that wow. fast pass. Otherwise, it's going to be a 90-minute oh, wait. yeah, yeah. You'll spend half a day sitting in line. Uh, what about for you, Mr. Craig? Okay. I wanted to do a the, – the only other Western item that made me feel in a similar way uh, to Silverado was the 1990s television series, The Adventures of Briscoe County, Jr. Ah. And um, I can't Bruce, tell what that I can't, Bruce was Campbell. That, was Bruce, that an agreement and, sound or a disagreement sound? <laughs> agreement. Okay. Exasperated sigh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I cannot find that series anywhere in terms of like I've, DVD or yeah, streaming or rental or something or library rental, but it's got to be out there somewhere. And if you find it, I'll recommend it. If you find it, tell me, please, tell because I would love it. to see that series again. I, I, I had such fond memories of that show. Cool. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Oh yeah, it's it's way fun. I have not seen it. I love since a Bruce Campbell joint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, my deep cut is going to so I, I uh, like a similar kind of experience, like star studded. Mm-hmm. Why haven't I heard of this? Like so charming every moment. Maybe the whole thing doesn't hold up as much, but this is uh, 1992's Sneakers. I love that movie. Yeah, wait. I love that movie. Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Ben Kingsley, River Phoenix. Yeah, Mary McDonnell. Like so many people. Sidney Poitier, huge. Sidney Poitier is in that yeah, movie. Yeah, he's great and he's hilarious in that. And and then uh, Jason Strathairn. Stratham. Stratham. Jason Statham. No, it's not Jason Statham. Jason Strath. I think I mispronounced his name correctly. Stephen Tobolowski <laughs> is in it too. Stephen Tobolowski. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, oh, he's so good. Yeah. Ned Anyways. Ryerson, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like if you really loved uh, Silverado and wanted a, another kind of star-studded gem, I think uh, Sneakers is a good way to go. Sneakers is a great movie. Yeah. It is very underrated. Totally yeah. It, there's uh, it, that was definitely another movie that I saw around the same time that I had really fond memories mm-hmm. about and was really worried about if it, it if it held up. I can't say it held up as much because they kind of fall into this thing of like their computer technology. They're com- so like I'm going to hack, and then it becomes magical. Yeah. yeah, and and that's part of the charm, but it's also like set so so much of a narrative cheat, like all the time that they have this magical tech that mm-hmm. they just kind of like. I'll just surf the net, yeah. and that will fix this. 
But yeah, it's still charming as hell. That's a great recommendation. That is a good recommendation. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> killing it on the recommendations lately. Wow, that was three for three. I liked all three of our recommendations. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we don't know what we're doing next time. So join us to find out it's what it is. It's a secret. <laughs> we don't know yet. Um, but David Strathairn. And, and who does he play? He plays Whistler, the blind guy. Oh, yeah. I just never knew that guy's name. Yeah. He's in everything. He's great. Yeah. He's great every time. He's David. sometimes a bad guy. David, you're so good. Guy. We love you. Why does your name sound so much like Jason Statham? <laughs> He's a guy I remember. Right. <laughs> he was in this movie. I remember it. The problem is like Stellan Skarsgård. His name sound, sounds just like... Stellar Skateboard? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Too many names. Okay. Uh, where can people find the work of Craig Michael Curtis? Uh, you can find me on uh, Amazon, Kindle, uh, Nook, and on my uh, website, CraigMichaelCurtis.com, and on Facebook as well. Very good. And the work of uh, filmmaker Nathan Blackwell. SquishyStudios.com if you want to check out our uh, short films or web series Voyage Trekkers. And then we're on the Facebooks and Instagrams and the Twitter. But we you, don't you've made a Western before, haven't you? Like, didn't you? I feel like I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've directed. The silent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, ver- various, and, and I would love to do a Western. I think you should. That's great. I think your They're Western great. would turn out exactly like this. <laughs> yeah, this is a Nathan probably. Blackwell. Oh, right. It, it's it's like what is it's like what is the zone like the 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 target list of of the blank check Western, and mm-hmm. it lands somewhere in the Sam Raimi, the Quick and the Dead, or yeah. like the Silverado like ensemble, mm-hmm. you know, vignettes and moments. And yeah. I love it. What would be fun to make, and. Uh, my, I, know, I I I, re- I I tried to write and I didn't finish it. Um, a, a, a zombie western, which was dead called Men uh, Must dead, Die. Yeah, dead Men Must Die. Oh, were you mad when Dead Don't Die came out? It's like so similar no. to that title. No, this was like ten years ago. <laughs> okay. so. um, you can find uh, me, Chrissy, at ncdphoenix.com, nctphx on all the social medias, and ncdphoenix the place in downtown Mesa. Uh, you can find everything out about most excellent pod at mostexcellentpod.com and most excellent pod on the instagrams and the facebooks oh my god back to the future three would have been a perfect deep cut recommendation mm. probably would have yeah but I, I i just assume at some point back to the future is going to be in there and <laughs> yeah okay perfect yeah we're on a car's ride yeah. i'm there um thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it write us a review uh rate us give us a thumbs up like taking the time to do that really helps us uh more than you could ever possibly imagine in your wildest podcast dreams uh it's while you're out there in the world hanging out uh you know having gunfights and being in a town where only six people are allowed to live do keep the most excellent podcast motto in mind be excellent to each other and we'll be back and party on dudes. <laughs>